Perhaps it's Neiman. You can correct me. So it, it is Neiman, Your Honor. Okay. Thank Mr. you. Neiman. Good morning, Your Honors. Uh, may it please the court and counsel. My name is Nate Neiman, and I represent uh, Defendant Darren Mayo uh, from the Southern District of Iowa. Uh, Mr. Mayo appeals his conviction for firearms and uh, drug offenses after unsuccessfully moving to suppress evidence that was obtained uh, in his apartment. That evidence was obtained uh, pursuant to a search warrant, uh, which resulted from an investigation that began at a concert in Moline, Illinois, uh, which is just across the river from Davenport, Iowa. And prior to that concert, police were basically sweeping the parking lot. You, you know we're familiar with the facts. Okay, Your Honor. Um, if, if that's the case, then um, getting to the issues at hand, this, uh, this appeal presents issues that uh, the, this court has to consider again uh, after the Hardina's case in the Supreme Court uh, and consider anew for the first time uh, with respect to the use of... I say Jardines. Is that the one you're talking about? Yes, Your Honor. Um, I've never heard it pronounced with an H, but it, so I was wondering if I was thinking of the right case. No, you, you are, Your Honor. Uh, it's, it's the dog sniff case uh, from the Supreme Court on, on the porch. And the second issue that uh, this court is going to be confronting for the first time is the uh, constitutionality of hidden cameras uh, that are being placed in, uh, in apartment buildings. So um, well, the we had whole camera issue. We have, Your Honor. And I think that uh, you have to distinguish those. That's correct. And Counsel, I think that... What, what happens to this case if, if... Or can this case be analyzed in such a way that the evidence obtained from the um, fake fire alarm camera is excluded? Um, is there enough other evidence in this case to support the issuance of a warrant? Your Honor, that's... Or... Uh, the application of good faith. Your Honor, those are, those are the two main arguments that the government presses here uh, and also presses below. And as I noted in my brief, fully one-third of the paragraphs that are contained in the search warrant application for Mr. Mayo's apartment contain uh, evidence that's related to those cameras. So this isn't a de minimis fact that but they is, have a firearm they do they have his fingerprints on i guess a uh, a cartridge for the firearm or some hmm. aspect of the firearm that's correct they know where he lives they have the the correct address um they have the statements or potential use of the statements related to um his instructions to someone about the um the apartment or, or where he lived, his crib. Um, could, could there be enough other evidence excluding the observations referred to in the, or the, uh, the record of the camera uh, device? Your Honor, the, uh, the Fourth Amendment requires particularity. And in this particular case, 
they were searching an apartment and all of the illegal activity that was observed uh, that could potentially involve Mr. Mayo occurred outside of the apartment. So the only things that are tying Mr. Mayo to the apartment and to illegal activity that may be occurring within it. That, that are, that's not a particularity issue, is it? It may be a nexus issue. Well, the... And what's, what's not particular about this warrant? Well, the, the, the search warrant has to draw some connection between the place to be searched and the things to be seized. And in this particular situation, what the government is relying on as are two things that are, that are in the search warrant. The defendant's statement uh, when he was in the back of the vehicle uh, speaking on the phone that was recorded by the body cam of uh, that when you get to the crib, bro, you got to get all that shit out of the crib. Man, there is shit everywhere. And the second is observations of the defendant coming and going to the apartment complex. But the only actual... Uh, the only actual fact that's contained in the search warrant affidavit that may tie Mr. Mayo to illegal activity inside of his apartment building is that ambiguous statement about getting rid of things in his crib. But what, or in the crib rather, and that's an important distinction, is he doesn't necessarily... It's a much tougher case for if it said, if you knew it was his crib. That's correct. And... What's also important in this case is there were multiple apartments uh, that were being surveilled would it, by why police. Why wouldn't it be logical to assume he was referring to his crib? Would it be logical to assume? It, it could be logical to assume. but Why, I, why isn't that enough? Because it doesn't, it doesn't necessarily uh, allow a judge to make an inference that uh, that there are illegal things in that that apartment doesn't building. allow a judge to make an inference, despite the fact that it's logical. Where where are we? We're on a different page than the warrant cases I've dealt with. Well, it's true that a judge has to make uh, a common sense uh, determination as to the probability of illegal things being found in the place to be searched, and that it isn't a hyper-technical uh, evaluation that he's making. But the simple statement of when you get to the crib, uh, you got to get all that shit out of the crib, that doesn't necessarily... No, but it link, it links to the other the other part. Of it. I mean, it it, it certainly it does in the government's the other, view. The other things other than the excluded camera. It certainly does in the government view. But here's what my answer to that question would be: Is there enough? What's your best case? If there is What's enough. What's your best case on this nexus argument? Why? Well, I haven't approached the, the the nexus issue. What I'm what I'm but talking about. You call, you call a particularity. I think that's that's wrong. What's your best case for this? You can't. It's you can't. Even though it's logical, the judge can't draw that inference. Well, my best case is that if the information that was contained in the search warrant was sufficient, 
then why did police go to all this trouble to install two hidden cameras and load the search warrant application? That's not relevant to the analysis of whether of of, uh, uh, excluded. In the exclusion case, don't. Obviously, they put it in there. The government, the government puts in everything it thinks that might be of significance. That's that's honest. Well, Your Honor, I think that the seven. What's your best case on the on these facts? Your Honor, I think that the best case that I have on these facts is the Seventh Circuit case in Whitaker, which I have uh, discussed thoroughly in our brief. Now, Whitaker is is different because it involves uh, the use of a uh, a canine uh, search dog, but the the other facts surrounding the case, the multi-unit apartment complex, uh, the, the dealing with the good faith issue, uh, those things are very, very similar to this case. And what's really important as well is that the Seventh Circuit took the same view as the Eighth Circuit did prior to Hardina's being decided by the United States Supreme Court. And that was, was that the defendant did not have an expectation of privacy uh, in the common entryway of his apartment dwelling. But the Seventh Circuit acknowledged that while that may be true, that he doesn't have the same expectation of privacy as somebody, for instance, in a single-family home, he still had an expectation of privacy that there wouldn't be My these... My suggest that Whitaker was, was the basic the basic question of, of, of the use of the camera. We're, I was asking you about the, the case law, about <coughs> whether if, if, this, if this evidence is, must be excluded from the affidavit, was there enough left for the issuing magistrate to have probable cause and officers executing the warrant to rely on it in good faith? That's, Whitaker doesn't address that, does it? It does address the issue of, of good faith. Uh, it talks about how... Context. There's, there's, a, there's a distinction between whether, whether evidence must, must be excluded from the warrant for one reason or another, and the, then, the, then you go to the question of whether what's left in the warrant affidavit was enough for probable cause, and that's what I was focusing on. And you and and you concede that that uh, the crib comment, it would be logical to infer from that and the other things that are in the warrant that are not excluded, that he was talking about his apartment. Well, I think that that's the... if, isn't that enough? If it's logical, doesn't the case law? Your Honor, I would respectfully uh, disagree that I conceded that. I think that that's you the, the government's you position. Okay. Um, and, I mean. I think you had to. It's, it's valid, but I, I, I guess I didn't study how you briefed how you briefed this well enough. Well, counsel, as, as I understand you, your Fourth Amendment argument, you focus on the presence of the camera and it being a uh, an intrusion of privacy uh, in violation of a person's reasonable expectation. Uh, do you have a, a case that, that's analogous to this? Because the, the cases like the Florida case uh, from the Supreme Court involve 
the dog sniff at the door of an apartment, uh, but a, a camera that is essentially like the presence of an individual able to see only can't it's not uh, detecting emanations it's not looking through the walls it's it's just there uh, as if a person was standing uh, do you have a case like that that would indicate that the presence of the camera alone constitutes an, an infringement your honor I, I don't have a case like that and I think that as technology develops, we're going to have these law enforcement tools that the case law hasn't come up with. And How is it different, say, from the drone case where it's okay to have a drone go over your backyard as opposed to um, having infrared imaging of heat sources? Well, I think that the, the difference between those cases is that that's an, a momentary intrusion. Uh, whereas this is continuous surveillance. And, in fact, that's what the Supreme Court was concerned about Could in the, the Jones GPS case. Could the police put somebody in the hallway and just put them in a, seat, in a chair and have them sit there? The police could certainly do that, uh, but that's not going to be as effective as having a hidden camera because if a police officer is sitting there, that's obviously going to deter uh, – that's obviously going to deter – uh, illegal conduct that they're trying to observe. Well, I mean, if, if obviously if they were uniformed, but if you just had a, somebody just sitting there in normal clothes, uh, watching who comes in and out of the doors and on that floor, would that be uh, a violation? Well, the the human body, uh, as as I discussed with police dogs, has limitations. It can't sit there 24-7. It's going to have to move, go to the bathroom, eat, sleep, etc. What makes these, uh, these cameras particularly pernicious from a Fourth Amendment uh, standpoint is that they are not only concealed, but they're always on. Can the police use someone else's camera? For instance, if, if the landlord had such a camera that, that was there, could they get the the footage um, to to view security cameras are continuous and ubiquitous they are but they aren't used uh, they aren't used as a police instrument they are they used by private parties they're evident they're what, what what they what they capture is used as evidence law enforcement by law enforcement all the time I see that my time is up. I'd like to remain, reserve my remaining. Well, just I, my questions about about when I asked for the best case, I'm looking at pages 20 and 21 of your brief, which address this issue, and cite without discussing the facts two A circuit cases from 1991 and 2004, and then makes the point noticeably absent. From the list of facts in the in the affidavit, are any facts that tie illegal activity to Mayo's home? And that's what I meant by the best case. You cite two old timers uh, from the Eighth Circuit without, and, and so that you have is one of them the is one of them factually on point, or if not, have you found any other case from anywhere that is? Well, Your Honor, the Hernandez-Leon case and the Temple, 
Templeman case are cited just for the basic rule statement. That's why I asked the question, best case on the facts. I have not cited in my brief any case that, I guess, is my best case on that issue. You know, we're here looking for help. If I'm going to take this, and I'll probably read those two cases and see they were factually very dissimilar, and now I have to go do the work that I assume you did in briefing the case, so I'm looking for your help. Your Honor, I think that such a case would not really be of very much assistance because it's so factually dependent case by case. You're going to be looking at a particular warrant. The proposition that the government urges is that that crib call is almost by itself sufficient to tie this all to what's in the apartment. And so I know that there are a lot of cases that I've had some, and I didn't go back and read them all, about what when you're looking at the other stuff in the affidavit and trying to decide if the warrant is therefore invalid. Yeah, you have to get down and dirty, so to speak. You've got to get to the facts. And so you've got to read a lot of cases to even see if it's ever come up before. And that's what I hope the lawyers at oral argument will help me with. I see my time is up. Thank you. Mr. Neiman, your time has expired, but we've inquired of you extensively. We'll give you a minute of rebuttal after hearing the other side. So prepare yourself for that. Mr. Ripley. Thank you, Your Honor. Good morning. Will Ripley here on behalf of the government. May it please the court. The district court here was correct to deny Mr. Mayo's motion to suppress. The entry that law enforcement made into that hallway of that building was not into any curtilage, and it was not using any tool that would pull information from inside Mr. Mayo's residence. And in that sense, not only was it not illegal, but it differs greatly from many of the cases. Well, whether the common hallway in an apartment building is curtilage or what part of it is, is an open issue that we've started to address but haven't really addressed thoroughly. It is an open issue, and it's gotten quite a bit of attention, of course, as the court knows, in the last few years. You just flat out says there was no entry into the curtilage, and that's debatable at least. I'll rephrase it this way, Your Honor. The placement of the tool was not in Mr. Mayo's curtilage. It was on a wall opposite from, in the first instance, opposite from his unit. In the second instance, it was on a wall that was part of the landing between Mr. Mayo's floor, which was the lowest floor, and then the next highest floor. Counsel, don't you think it would be a little disturbing for many Americans to find that law enforcement can observe, put cameras near their private residences and observe their comings and goings 24 hours a day? 
Depends, I think, a bit, Your Honor, on it, that which the camera is at which it's aimed. Um, we have, Your Honor, referenced earlier in inquiring of Mr. Neiman, the drone case. Um, we have plenty of cases discussing pole cameras, which are also cameras placed in a way so as not to be t detected, that show a certain area. Sometimes that area is the curtilage of a standalone um, family home. And this is akin to that. The space is tighter, indeed. We have a multi-unit apartment building here, common hallways, four units per floor. Um, it's very similar to the apartments that this court uh, considered curtilage in, in Perez and in the Hines case. Um, but cameras are ubiquitous, as surveillance cameras anyway, as Judge Loken indicated. And so I understand um, the court's inquiry along the lines of a balance here, but I don't know mm. that it would be entirely surprising um, to citizenry that law enforcement utilizes this type of camera. Um, the one other thing I want to argue... Is there, is there a case anywhere that has approved the use of a camera in this manner as... Um, in, in as you seek here, in this manner, it, if if your honor means in um, a multi -unit. essentially a fake camera, uh, a, a camera that's disguised as opposed to a camera that uh, might obviously be identifiable <clears throat> as uh, something that's observing them, but this, I, this masqueraded as a fire alarm. Nothing as factually right on point is this, which is obviously a fake fire suppression or fire alarm device that was in fact a camera. However, pole cameras, of course, are placed in amongst other equipment on that pole so as not to be seen. Um, the nature of it doesn't require an overt um, masking of it as some other device, but it is hidden in the same way. Um, and pole cameras, of course, are used regularly and have not been found to be illegal, even those that do capture portions of a residence's curtilage. And, of course, a camera differs from the tool, for example, that was used in Kylo and the tools that are used in, in the canine cases, the tool, of course, being the canine nose. Um, this camera is not pulling information from inside the residence that would otherwise be impossible for a human being to do. This tool is simply recording that which the human being could record, for example, Judge Smith, as if they were sitting on a chair in the hallway. Um, it's the same exact information that... Any, any of the evidence at issue uh, pictures that the camera on the opposing wall took while the door was open? It did capture moments with the door being open, Mr. Mayo's. Which means the inside of the apartment. Yes. Briefly, during obviously the, whatever duration that door was open, Mr. Mayo's the apartment. The government proposed that, that was in the, that's in the evidence at issue in the suppression hearing. Yes, there's government's one, exhibits one and two, Your Honor. One is the first view, you'll recall that the camera was removed and then and then placed in a different location. Um, government's Exhibit 1 at the suppression hearing does, in fact, show um, a moment when that door is open and you can see that 
the apartment essentially you walk in two or three feet there's nothing to the left there's no room to go any farther forward and to access any of the living portion of the apartment you have to go off to the right and that is not seen at all it's just kind of like a slight little entry there the second placement of the camera was the one that was on the landing the government could have elected not to offer that at the hearing well, usually a suppression motion is aimed at what the government is proposing to use as evidence. <clears throat> the government says, I'm not gonna, we're not going to use that. And the issue, it's a non-issue typically, not always. But. I, 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 in this case, Your Honor, I wanted to fully inform the district court and this um, still frame from the camera. We were looking for an order that allowed you to show the, 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 the picture with the door open and, part of the inside revealed. I was looking to just inform the district court of, of the location of the oh, camera. Well, what's the effect of the position you were taking? I, I, I'm sorry. Well, you, the, the, you, exhibits one and two were at issue, right? I, I mean, Exhibit the government can always say in response, I think, to a motion to suppress, I'm not going to use that. Oh, yes. And, and but the, you didn't do that here. No, so the, but the so the the film the, the the shots at issue include something inside the apartment. Yes, and I'm, that's in response to your assertion. No information was pulled from the apartment. The tool is not this fact compromises your assertion. I understand. You're right in that sense, but I I submit that the tool remains different um, in its nature. In still important ways, from, for example, a canine nose. Well, except a lot of these Jardines cases turn on, you know, how, how, in, how intrusive is it? Indeed. Just, just the common hallway uh, is different than a peek inside the door. You are correct, Your Honor. Counsel, would you address the, and I, I think it's a legitimate concern that the affidavit references the camera's uh, record not as a uh, digital or film uh, uh, record of occurrences in the hallway, but seems to almost describe it as if law enforcement was there in, in person. It, it describes it as surveillance in a way that One could very easily have that impression and, no, and have no clue that a camera was placed there. I, I understand, um, because there are, there, there are also examples, um, portions of the affidavit in support of the search warrant that describe um, actual human officer surveillance. And those read very similarly, um, I agree with you, Your Honor, to images gleaned from the photo, or excuse me, from the cameras. Um, I, the solution there is... Was the magistrate aware that this was camera... Uh, footage versus uh, police officer um, observation or informant observation? Yes, but what I, I do not believe, the magistrate was aware that it was gleaned from cameras, not necessarily the, tr the full nature of it. In other words, a camera um, affixed to the wall in a semi-permanent location that was disguised to look like a fire alarm. I don't believe that necessarily was in front of the magistrate. But again, 
here, in, in the government's position, this was addressed a little bit earlier with Mr. Neiman, is that even when we remove any of the information that might have that came from these cameras, from the affidavit in support of the search warrant, we are left with uh, more than sufficient facts um, to create a fair probability that evidence will be found in the apartment. Obviously, we have the whole situation with the vehicle, what was found in it, two stolen Glock pistols on one of the magazines of one of those pistols, Mr. Mayo's um, fingerprint was found. He, of course, is connected with the vehicle, both from the standpoint of him approaching and inquiring about it after it was towed, but then approximately um, a month later, he's observed in that same vehicle at this apartment unit. Um, he's connected to the apartment through the utilities, and I push back very much on the notion that that phone call is of little import. I, th I think the court can understand the logic here. It doesn't make any sense for the crib that Mr. Mayo referenced in that phone call to be any residence other than his own. He's the only person in the car. He could be the crib of the other person. The other person that was involved here and somewhat the focus of the investigation, Your Honor, it could, but Mr. Mayo was the only person in the back of the car. And there would be no reason for him to think that law enforcement was imminently going to be approaching anyone's residence other than his own. In other words, law enforcement was focused on him in that moment. He's in the car. He knows he's given a false name. He knows that they, law enforcement had figured out who he was. The only logical inference is then, then that the next step or steps would involve um, undertaking to uh, investigate his residence. It could only be his residence. But even if there are other possible residences, as Your Honor just suggested, um, the threshold here for, for the magistrate is, is to use the common sense and reach a, a fair conclusion based on that. And this certainly is that. Um, and so, again, probable cause to support this search warrant exists, even if we remove um, all of the information from the cameras. Mr. Neiman pointed out earlier that fully one-third of the paragraphs in this affidavit involve these cameras. But, of course, we don't just count paragraphs here. We take them out, whether it's one problematic paragraph or fully one-third problematic paragraphs. And after taking them out, assess whether there is probable cause. And here there clearly is um, lastly, as I briefed, um, even if the court would disagree on that assertion that there's probable cause remaining even after removal of these paragraphs, um, the Leon Good Faith doctrine here supports not suppression or supports um, not suppressing the evidence here. Um, it's just simply none of the factors show that law enforcement was exercising anything other than good faith. In Does it detract from good faith uh, that uh, it wasn't disclosed that the observations were um, electronic versus um, law enforcement in person? I understand the court's question. Um, Again, the magistrate was aware of, of, of the nature of it. 
in that it was recorded rather than live human observation. Beyond that, I do not believe that the, the full scope of the nature of the camera was disclosed. I, it doesn't undercut good faith um, beyond the point of, of good faith still being applicable. And that is largely due to, again, it, even within the good faith analysis, you think about what the officer knew at that time. Even if we exclude all the knowledge about um, the ins and outs of Mr. Mayo in that apartment, the officer knew uh, Mr. Mayo's fingerprints were on guns, uh, that he was tied to this apartment, that he was concerned about what was in the apartment, so concerned, in fact, that he was pretty emphatically telling people on the phone to get into his apartment and get rid of things. And so, no, I don't think it undercuts a good faith analysis uh, beyond the point of good faith still being applicable, Your Honor. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Ripley. Mr. Neiman. Thank you, Your Honor. When Jones was decided, uh, it was a major Fourth Amendment case. Uh, and the Supreme Court was just beginning to grapple with these issues of technology, um, which at the time were somewhat surprising, but have become much more commonplace now. And the government essentially made the same argument in Jones as it did here. Uh, Jones, I discussed on page 14 of my brief, um, they argued that the GPS uh, that was affixed to the chassis of the, of the car uh, is, is the same as if uh, somebody had been, a police officer had been following the person around. Uh, they could have surveilled the person in the car, just like the GPS. But the thing that the, the court said that makes it different is that it's, it's covert, it's continuous, and it's not acceptable to the general public. And the cameras in this case are covert, they're continuous, and they're not acceptable to the general public. What do you mean by acceptable? Or, I'm sorry, accessible uh, to the general public. So this isn't a ring camera where it's, it's obvious that on your front door that if you step in front of this ring camera, uh, then you could be recorded. This was made to look like a fire alarm. And those are not devices that you can go pick up at Best Buy. Um, that is something that is a, a law enforcement tool uh, that is not in general use by the public. So the police knew uh, that they were using something that was unusual. They were using an unusual method of surveillance that was similar to a type of uh, surveillance that the Supreme Court had already condemned in Jones years earlier. And the government had indicated uh, that the magistrate was aware that, uh, that these observations were uh, by camera, but the issue is whether the search warrant states that and the four corners of the search warrant do not contain any information about a camera. And the government doesn't cite to anywhere in the record uh, where the magistrate was informed that what uh, that what the observations were 
uh, were coming from a, uh, a camera as opposed to a human being. Thank you, Mr. Neiman. Thank you.